welcome to session three of our house. Like Cole told you, I'm Brother Roe, and uh, I'm just glad that you guys are here. I know that you guys probably aren't glad because you get like third string this morning, and nobody's pumped when the third string guys in, um, but I'm glad that you guys are here. Uh, sad to hear about that couple. Uh, what was their name? You said Russ and, Russ and Flo, and man, what a... What a sad thing, but the Bible says that we don't sorrow as others which have no hope. Amen? Amen. And our sorrow that we have as believers is uh, that we get to see our loved ones again. And one of the best parts about heaven is uh, a lot of the things that aren't going to be there. Can I get an amen on that? It's like there'll be no more tears, there'll be no more pain, and no more parting, the Bible says. So I'm so glad we get to go to a place where there's none of that stuff. But the best, place, the best thing about heaven is that Jesus is going to be there. And so uh, we go to meet the Lord in the air. And listen, brother, I've been to a lot of places and a lot of meetings before, but I've never been to a meeting like that where I get to meet the Lord Jesus face to face. So that's going to be awesome. Uh, if you have your Bibles or you have your uh, smartphone or tablet or whatever device you got, go to Luke chapter number 11. And if you have your bulletin, you can follow along if you want to. Luke chapter number 11. So we're in a series right now. And... Uh, pastor did an awesome job last week um, talking about our house. When we talk about our house, we're talking about our church. And the church isn't just, it's not a building in the Bible, it's people. Can I get amen on that? Amen. It's people. The church is people. And um, so this week, last week, pastor went over the family room. And the family room is the place in the church where you connect with other people. And sometimes we're, we all have differences, but pastor talked about this, the thing that connects all of us that are truly here, that are real believers, is that we know the Lord Jesus Christ, and that kind of breaks down any barriers that we have when it comes to that. And so this week, we're going in, moving into the kitchen, and so I found a story here in the Bible where there's a guy here in Luke chapter 11, Jesus tells this story, and we'll read it here in a second, uh, about a guy who comes to his house, and he's wanting something to eat. So we'll look at that, but Pastor was talking about it last week, and some of you uh, remember that pastor, he did such a good job last week. And oh, by the way, how many know it's Pastor Appreciation Month? Just raise your hand. All right, I got like five people. All right, this is an awesome crowd. Thank you, I love you too. All right, this guy knows what I'm talking about, right? And so anyway, uh, what I want you guys to do is listen, if you appreciate Pastor, uh, pastor Tony, or even if there's one person here who appreciates Pastor Cole, uh, what you could do <laughs> is, is there anybody... I got less hands on that. No. Um, if, you, if you do appreciate him, then uh, just shoot him a text or give him a letter. Or just go up to him and say, thank you for what you do. Um, like he, Cole told you, I'd pastored for a while. And uh, it's always a blessing. Not that you need the, a pat on the back, but it's always nice to know when you see people's lives being changed. That's the reason why uh, they do what they do. But Pastor did a, a really good job last week. And uh, I don't know if I still have some ringing, if you could bring it down. But we had these cards here. Remember these cards here? Hand me that top card there. And so some people um, came up. And you, how many of you guys remember when you were doing the cards? Raise your hand. And so there were some cards that were done last week. Some of you came up and you kind of gave your testimony. He used a story in John 9 where the blind guy said, I was blind, but now I see. And then he would flip it over. But pastor didn't get to read all of the cards, and so I actually found some of them, and then some of them were gone, but I, I wrote them down, 
uh, this is just one, and, and I don't, not everybody understood all of the directions, so this one's on one side and not the other. This one's a really good one. It was, my mom led me in prayer to be saved when I was eight, and then I prayed, um, I prayed lots, I prayed with the need, and it says, he answered right away, I knew he was real. So they're supposed to have two sides, and so this is a good one, and not everybody understood all the directions. I found some other ones that were kind of unusual, though I'll actually read them to you. Uh, the first one, this, the one side said, addicted to tobacco, and then turn it over, and it said, now even more addicted to LaCroix. So I don't really know if they understood. Uh, that was one. I can see why he didn't bring that up. Uh, here's another one. One side said, struggle to pay bills. That's, that's always that's tough. The other side said, switching to GEICO could save you 15% or more on car insurance. So I can see why that one didn't make the cut. Uh, I don't think they understood all the directions. Here's, this was the last one. My favorite one said, was bitter at Cole. Now I covet his wardrobe. So those were, were really good. So. All right, Luke chapter number 11, and let's go ahead and get into verse number, we'll start in verse number 5, and like I said, pastor will be back next week, uh, but let's just look and see what God has for us today. Luke chapter number 11, and verse number 5, the Bible says this, and it's Jesus speaking, and he said unto them, which of you shall have a friend? Take that ringing down if it's possible. Which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. So here's what's happening. Jesus is telling a story, and this was something that was common back in his day. He says, if what, have you, he says if what have you guys, if you, had a fr- you went to a friend, you went over to their house at midnight, right? And you would go over to the friend's house and you would say this. You would say, hey, man, you know, you're knocking on his door. Can I get three loaves of bread, right? And the reason why, he says, is because somebody showed up at my house. They were on their journey, and they've come to me, and I don't have anything to give them, right? They're, they're hungry. They have this need, and I don't have anything to give them. So I'm coming to, I'm going to my friend to meet the need of somebody else. You guys following with me? Say amen. Okay? So let's go ahead and look at it. So here's Jesus telling this story here. And he says in verse number five, and he said unto them, which of you shall have a friend? And you shall go and, and, and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend, hey man, lend me three loaves. Why? For a friend of mine, one of my friends, in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, trouble me not. Okay? So here's the guy. He's on the inside, the guy who actually has the bracelet. He's going to say, man, leave me alone, right? The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. How many of you uh, have, have had your kids, you know, when there's a storm, thunderstorm, or they had a bad dream? They still sleep in your bed. Raise your hand. Anybody like that? They, they get scared or... Have a nightmare. Anybody, let me see your hands. How many people? Anybody still, you still have your kids do that? 
All right, if they have their learner's permit or sideburns, then you need to have a talk or something, okay? If they still are doing that. And there's an altar for that. I'm not judging, okay? I'm just saying there's a place where you can get some help, okay? This guy knows what I'm talking about, right? Okay. <laughs> so here he is. This guy's going to say, he's going to say, look, don't come in. He's like, look, my, my, my kids are in bed. I'm in bed. And like, it's late. The door's shut. I don't really want to help you. But what is he going to do? Verse 8, I say unto you, Jesus said, though he will not rise and give him, he's not going to get up out of bed and give to him, not because he's his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. So because of the situation and the culture of that day, what it was is that it was a reflection. Hospitality was such a big deal, okay? And so if he didn't feed this stranger, it was kind of like, uh, a shame or a thumbs down on the whole village. So because he didn't want to be ashamed because of this guy being in that situation, he's not doing it because he's, a, he's his friend. He's giving him what he needs because he doesn't want the guy to go back and not have anything, right? And so look what Jesus says. We're going to connect this in a second. Look at verse 9. And I say unto you, Jesus said, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Yeah, no, that'd be weird, right? Verse 13, if you then, being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? So we're looking here at this passage, and this week we're talking about the kitchen, and one of the things about our church, the kitchen room, is we're talking about service, okay? And so one thing, is, I'm, it's kind of neat that they would let me get up here and say something, I'm not part of the staff or anything like that, but uh, does anybody know what our church's thing is? Serving God by what? That's right. You get, give her a gold sticker. That's what I'm talking about. No, the lady behind you. How you doing, man? Okay. And so we serve God by serving other people. And so the kitchen is the place of service. So there's something about our church that I really believe that is different than other places. When we moved here, we've been here for just a couple years. We were looking for a place where we could serve, and it was really hard. And so when we came here, uh, Pastor and Cole just kind of, maybe that's your story too, they kind of just let us serve the Lord here. And man, that's a blessing to find a church like that where the preachers, the pastors, the staff aren't territorial. Can I get amen? Does that make sense? That's a blessing. You better thank God for that. And so there's some things that make our house great. We have our secret sauce here. And, and it's, it has to do with our service. So there's three ingredients and we're going to mix these three together. And when you mix these three things together that are in this passage, that what we do, this is how you can be effective in your service for the Lord. So let's look at these three ingredients and let's go to the Lord in prayer first and we'll get, get right in. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for the people who are here. And God, I just pray not to be seen, but God, I pray that you would speak to people's hearts, that they would hear another voice, they hear yours, and that you would help them to discover and see the need and to call on you and trust you 
help our church to make a difference. Use these few thoughts that, that you've given me, and may they apply to our hearts and to our lives, and may we leave here different, and we'll give you all the glory and honor for it. And we ask all this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so if you look down in your bulletin, the first thing that you've got to do if you want to be effective, right, this is our secret sauce, is you've got to, one, you've, you've got to understand that there's a need in front of you. All right, you've got to see the need in front of you. Verse 6 says this, a friend of mine is in his journey is come to me, right? So the first thing you got to do is I must see the need in front of me. That's the first thing that you got to do. Everybody say, see the need. Okay. I must see the need in front of me. So here's, here's my question. Who has come to you in their journey? See, as Christians, when you get saved, God puts a desire in you to serve other people, right? That's something that I didn't have before I was saved, all right? And so when you get saved, what you got to do, there's so many different opportunities to serve. The church has a lot of different things. Cole just mentioned a few of them. But what you've got to do, what I've learned to do, I've learned to narrow down through the years, is what you have to do is you've got to look for the guy with the yellow hat, all right? That's who you got to look for. you got to look for the guy with the yellow hat. Have you ever seen Curious George? You ever seen that? That show stresses me out, okay? <laughs> does anybody ever, like, get, does it give you anxiety? Am I alone on that? Does anybody else get that? Does it stress you out? All right, thanks for leaving me hanging. And so the, the show, here it is, Curious George is always getting into a mess, right? He's always, like, causing some kind of problems, and in the books, what happens, because I don't watch the cartoon because it makes me have to, like, go to the doctor and get prescription medication. But basically, he, here's what he, in the books, he's always getting in trouble. So the way he gets out of it is, you know who always gets him out of it in the books, right? It's the guy with the yellow hat, right? And so what I've learned to do when it comes to serving other people or working with other people is I've always looked for the guy with the yellow hat. Say, so who's that? The man with the yellow hat is the person who God is drawing to you. You see, if you want to serve effectively, you can't do everything, but you can do something. Can I get an amen? And so what you've got to look at, because sometimes you may have a bleeding heart. Sometimes you may really want to help somebody. And when you try to go out of your way to try to help them, they might be a little bit like this. Have you ever experienced that? Say amen. Yeah? And so sometimes you want to help somebody and they don't want it. Here's what God's going to do. If you're walking with the Lord, you may need to take that as give them a little space. Amen? But sometimes if you're chasing after somebody who you're trying to help, it doesn't mean that God's not ever going to work on them. It just means he might not be working on them right now. So you need to find the person who God is drawing to you, and that's the person or the group that you need to work with. Can I get an amen on that? Does that make sense? You need to look for the man with the yellow hat. You need to look, look for the man with the yellow hat. Now, let me ask you a few questions. Who in their journey is coming to you with a need? Who right now? Somebody in their life in this season, because here's the reality. Most people you're not going to serve for your entire life. Most groups, most ministries, most people, even if you're discipling them, you're only going to be with them. Oh, that's my jam. Um, <clears throat> most people, 
you're just going to have this. They're coming to you in their journey, right? And so you have to see their needs. So my question is, who is God drawing into your life right now? Because you, can, you can't do everything, but you can do something. So you got to look for it. Who's the man with the yellow hat? Who's the person who God is drawing to you? Let me ask you this. What are the needs of your family? What are the needs of your spouse, your children? Maybe you've got a ministry here at the church. Maybe there's a coworker that in their journey, they've come to you with a need. There's somebody, if you're walking with the Lord, that God is bringing to you, and you have to recognize the man with the yellow hat. You've got to recognize the person. You've got to see the need in front of you. Sometimes we're chasing after all these things, but we have to watch for the person who God's drawing towards us, okay? Let me ask you this. How many of you guys see that there's needs here at the church? We got the thing in the trunk or treat. We wanted to get about 40 vehicles, right? We've got about like 25. Say, what can you do? Say, well, I can't really afford to put on a costume. Look, if you have a Ford, you can go get temporary spray paint and write Chevy on it. That's the costume of your vehicle, right? Go as a villain, amen? Go as a Chevy. And so here's what I'm saying. We just need people, right, that are going to give. We need people that are just going to see the need. Uh, Tina, I don't know, is Tina here? Tina's not here. She heard I was preaching, so she's not here. She's doing, um, um, she's doing Operation Christmas Child, and so I, I know that she wants to get about 300 boxes. She needs people to fold the boxes. She needs people to help her organize. She needs people to fill boxes. It's through Samaritan's Purse. They, they send uh, kids in other countries Christmas presents. And when you fill the box, you can put things in there. They'll connect you with the kids so you can write stuff. And so there's needs all around. But who? What, but here's the thing. You can't do everything, right? How many of you know there's everything's – look at your email, man. There's all kinds of opportunities, right? There's all, there's all kinds of places to serve. But you've got to find the man with the yellow hat. Who is coming to you on their journey looking for you to meet the need? And that's the first thing. That's what makes our secret sauce – that you, God has brought you, you have to find the need that's in front of you. Sometimes we want to help people all over the world and feel bad for them, but never actually do anything. And so you've got to look for the need in front of you and do something, okay? So look for the person God is drawing to you. Number two, the second thing you've got to do is the second ingredient. So you need, you got to see the need in front of you. And number two, you got to have a heart full of prayer, Okay? Verse 9 says, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Now, this is the most important thing if you're going to understand the message. It's this. I must seek the Spirit's power through prayer. I must seek the Spirit's power through prayer. Now, here's the thing. This is where a lot of people mess up. There's a need in front of you, right? Right? There's a need in front of you. Somebody comes to you in their journey. They're like, I have this need. Can you help me? And you know you have to be like the guy in the story if you're ever going to help them. You say, what's the guy in the story? He realizes, he goes to his friend, somebody's come to me, they have a need, and I have nothing to set before them. 
That's what you have to understand if you're going to serve people. That you've got nothing. Amen? That's it. You, you've got to realize that you've got nothing. Apart from God, I have nothing to set before them. I got people who come to me, um, and I'll tell you about some. I've got people who come to me, they're, they're not even 30 years old, and they're splitting time with their, with their ex-wife, or their ex-spouse. Like, what am I supposed to do? Their kids live in other states. And they're just getting started in their Christian walk. And, that, and they come to me in their journey. They come to me sometimes, right? Not everybody in the world, but just God brings certain people. And they come to me sometimes because they may know that I'm a Christian. And sometimes people will come to you because they know you're a Christian and they just, they hope you carry like a magic wand in your back pocket. How many of you know God didn't give any of us a magic wand? Like you can't, that you could just like wave over their circumstance and wave it over their life and wave it over their marriage and their finances and just wave it over their addiction and you could just instantly fix it. But the truth of the matter is when they come to you, you have to understand with situations of the people who God is drawing to you, you have nothing. You got to realize you ain't got nothing. You say, well, I can give them advice. Yeah, that's what they need. <laughs> right? You know what you got to realize? You got to realize you got nothing. And so that's what prayer is. Prayer is this. Jesus said, for without me, John 15, 5, you can do nothing. So often in churches today, people are punching a time clock or checking off a list and just showing up, and they are serving, and they are, thank God for faithful people, amen? This place is here today because people have faithfully give, given, and pay, people have faithfully served. But do you know if you want to serve and be effective and see people's lives change, you're going to have to realize that you need to do more than just show up. You're going to have to pray. Can I get amen? You say, why do you need to pray? Because you got nothing. I got nothing. When I heard about the Westers and cancer, what was I going to say? I got nothing. But I can pray. And I have. You got to realize people's situation, there's no magic wand. But God's still going to send people in your life on their journey. But you got to realize you got nothing. And without Jesus, you, that's all you're going to be able to do. You're going to listen. I'm for technology. I'm for learning new methodology, learning different ways to do stuff. I'm, lear I'm into reading new books and things like that. But apart from the power of the Holy Spirit, brother, I have nothing. Amen? you got to realize you've got nothing. If you're going to serve people effectively, to see their lives change, to see their needs met, to help in any way, you're going to have to realize that without Jesus you can do nothing. But Paul said in Philippians 4.13, we all know, but I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Amen? So let me show you how it works. Tough, I'm going to need you up here. Isaac, I'm going to need you up here for a second. 
Would you grab those cards for me? So this is how it works. Okay, you be this guy. You can hold that out. You be this guy. You're going to be Jesus. Okay? All right. This is going to be blank. Okay. So here's the guy. He comes to me, right, with a need in his journey. Right? Have you had some needs since we met? Yes. Right? And do you know, and I didn't want to plan on you coming up here. Do you know what I thought when you told me your needs, what I've got for your situation? This is what I've got. Yeah, this is what I have, right? But this is God, right? This is my friend whose cupboards aren't bare, right? So sometimes when you come to me or anybody comes to you with one of these, you've got to realize you've got this. That's why we pray. And when we pray, here's what we do. I get out of the way. And what it does is, why don't you guys switch cards? God takes the need and through the prayer gives him exactly what he needs. Can I get amen? amen? That's how prayer works. When we serve people, we need the power of the Lord in it. And the only way you're going to get that, listen, salvation's free. And God has given you the ability to get power with God. But the Bible says you have not because you ask not. Amen? Thank you. You guys, you can sit down and go ahead and take this with you. Yeah. So you got to have, number one, you got to see the need in front of you. Let me ask you this, small group leaders. How many of you lead a small group? Say amen. Let me see your hands. How many of you are involved in a small group? Okay. Small group can be really good, or it can be like average or just a little better than average. Amen? Right? What's the difference between like an average small group and like a small group that sees people's lives change. What is it? It's prayer. Right? What, what is the difference between raising my kids so that they show up to church and get taught by other people. And the difference between them growing up to choose to serve God on their own when it's their decision. What's the difference? It's prayer. Let me ask you this, parents. How often do you pray for your kids? What do you pray for your kids? I'm not talking about like wishful thinking for your small group. Like, oh God, I hope you bless them. Would you pray, God bless my family physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. God help my kids to grow up and not get hooked up with the wrong person. Help them choose to love you. Help them to love the word of God, and raise their kids, right? Are th what about your small group? God, I hope you bless us. I hope everybody likes the food. I hope everybody likes watching somebody else teach on TV. Nothing wrong with those things. But the, the professional preachers that pastor churches of 10,000 people that teach your small group sometimes will never pray for your small group by name. Amen? You say, why are they involved in your small group? Because they've come to you on their journey. 
and they got a need. And what you've got to realize is you've got nothing to give them. So you've got to go to God for them to give them what they need. Is what I'm saying making sense? Say amen. You know what your spouse needs? Your husband needs, your wife needs. I need you to pray. Because they've come to you. And you can't meet all of their needs unless God empowers you to. You've got to realize they've got a need and you've got nothing. You've got to realize that. If you mix those, if you realize that, if you realize you've got nothing, that'll motivate you to pray. Can I get an amen? Somebody's going to show up to you. Ladies, somebody's going to show up to your house and they want something to eat. And you say, we ain't got nothing. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to be motivated. You know what motivates me midweek is that I've got people who are taking time out of their schedule. You know what motivates me on Sunday? i got people who are choosing to come and to listen, and I don't want them to show up and get nothing because that's all I've got to give. I want them to hear from God, and I want them to get something from the Lord. Amen? All right, let's look at verse 7. Here's this guy, and he from within, this is the guy who, who he is asking. He's going to say, trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. So here this guy is, and Jesus is saying, look, he's not going to, because he's his friend, he's not going to do it, but he's still going to answer him, Right? Verse 9, and I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. And we'll skip to verse 11. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone or will he ask a fish? Or will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your father, heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? So here's the next slide. Let's go ahead and put that one up. God is not my grumpy friend I have to convince. Here's what Jesus is saying. This guy who he's trying to convince, he does. But he's saying, that's not how the Father is when we pray. When we come to God with our needs for other people, God's not like this. Here's what he's saying. That guy's still going to answer, and he says, how much more? Hit the next one. Well, what is God? God is my Father that promises to answer. I was talking to my daughter. She's asking me when we preached on last night. And she, she, I was like, Jesus tells the story of this guy who's like a kid comes to him and he says, Hey, can I have a piece of bread? Would you like a stone? <laughs> like, she's like, what the heck? That's in the Bible? Which of you... If my, my son came to me and said, Daddy, can I have an egg? How about a scorpion? Would you like a little scorpion, Lukey? All right, or, or, right? Or, man, I really like a fish. Okay, close your eyes. Here's a snake. Like, that's like, it's so dumb, right? <laughs> right? But sometimes when we pray, we think that when we pray and we ask God for stuff, going to give us the exact opposite of what we ask for. God's not cruel. When you ask and it shall be given you, 
seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. How much more, if an earthly father, if you're evil and we're sinful and we're not going to do that, how much more shall our Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? Listen, teachers that teach classes that do Awana, thank you for showing up. Do you pray over your class? Do you pray over your lesson? Do you seek God and say, God, I don't know what these kids' homes life, it may even look good on the surface, but God, I pray that like the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3, from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise unto salvation. God, help me to teach these kids about you. Help me to bring these kids to it, not push them or twist their arm or manipulate them or whatever, but bring them to a saving knowledge of you. Please use this. Help these things that I'm, this might be the only shot that I have. This might be the, the closest thing that they ever get. And God, I have nothing, and I need you. That's how we need to pray. All right? So God promises to answer. Here's the last thing, and I'm done, so we can get you out of here. So the first thing is you got to see the need. Everybody say, see the need. Then you got to call out in prayer. Say, call out in prayer. And then thirdly, here's what you got to do. you got to serve with what God's given you. Everybody say, serve with what God's given me. If you ask, God's going to give you something. Now listen, uh, verse 8 says, he will rise and give him as many as he needed. Here's the next, I must serve with what God has given me. If you're saved, do you know when you get saved? Here's what happens. God gives you eternal life. Amen? Isn't that awesome? That lasts a pretty long time, last time I checked, right? The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord, the Bible says. And so some people in here, you've never received that. God's like this, look, I give you my son. I give you my sacrifice. I took holes in my hands for you touching things you never should have touched. Holes in my feet for you being places you never should have been. And I got a crown of thorn on my head for you thinking things you never should have thought. And I got a hole near my heart when they showed the spirit for you loving things you never should have loved. And I loved you enough to die in the place of take your sins that you could have my righteousness. You could have my sinlessness. And God gives us eternal life. But you know that's not the only gift that God gives us when you get saved. You get a spiritual gift. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man. To profit with all. That means if you're saved, nobody is gift less. Amen? You get at least one spiritual gift. And so you know what you gotta do? You gotta serve with what God has given you. He's given you, see, it's a spiritual gift. That's why when you take your spiritual gift, prayer, and the needs of somebody else, that's what makes our secret sauce. That's what will make our church different from any other church that's in this town. What is it? People who see the needs of other people will spend time in prayer and serve with what God has given them. And God, listen, nobody here is gift less. If you're saved, God's given you something. If you want to figure out what it is, take that shape test get, and, or take the 301 class. Figure out what your spiritual gifts are. Where's your heart? Where's your passion? What are your abilities that God's given you? What's your personality like? What are your experiences? Because God wants to use those things. You've got a story. 
You've got something that nobody else in here has. Now, how do you figure out what your spiritual gift is? How do you figure it out? Well, let me ask you this. If God was going to have a man in the Bible who he was going to have preach the second longest sermon in the Bible, how would he prepare him for that? The second longest, the longest is the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 through 7, right? How would God prepare somebody to preach the second longest sermon that's recorded in the Bible, the best-selling book of all time? Well, if you read Acts chapter number 6, there was a dispute among the widows, right? And so uh, they were being neglected because the church wasn't giving them food. So they appointed these guys who were going to be deacons. And one of those guys' names was Stephen. And before, and who was Stephen? Stephen is the guy who preached the second longest sermon in the Bible, in Acts chapter 7. But before he's up with a mic in his hand, because we all look at the stage gifts, right? What he's doing is he's at the soup kitchen feeding the angry widows. That's what he's doing. You say, what's your point? Here's the point. If you want to figure out what your spiritual gift is, here's how you do it. Say yes as often as you can. Say what? How do I figure it out? You just say yes as often as you can. See, you can't do everything, right? But we all can do something. And there will be times where you can't do some things, right? But the way you figure out where your niche is, the way you figure out how God has gifted you, is by saying yes as often as you can. Amen? Does that make sense? Say amen. And God's given you something. When I first got saved, we had a nursing home ministry, and we would pick up people in wheelchairs, put them on a vehicle, and I would go to their rooms, and I was 18, 19 years old, and we would just, hey, you want to go to church? And they'd be like, yeah, that'd be great. And then there'd be some other people, that, you want to go to church? And they'd go, oh. I'm like, perfect. And they wouldn't say, it would just whoever. And we would just take them without even knowing what was going on. It was great. It was before HIPAA. And so here's... <clears throat> So we used to just go pick up, we used to just pick up people even against their will, praise God. And, um, and so we would put them on the bus and then we would take it, we'd wheel them into the church and, and we would invite people and then somebody else was going and preaching at the nursing home. Like, hey, you want to go to the nursing home and preach? 18 years old, nursing home, listening to another sermon on Sunday? Absolutely, sounds awesome. So I did. We would go because we used to go to Sunday school, Sunday morning. Sometimes go to a nursing home and then go Sunday night. That's how it was when I first got saved, okay? It's not recommendations, just history, okay? And so we would do that, and so we would go to the nursing home, and then that's where I would get a chance to preach sometimes. And we would do all, whatever the church needed. And God, through, by me saying yes, slowly helped me figure out what I was supposed to do. And you know why some of you haven't figured out what your gift is? Because you won't say yes. Not because you can't say yes. Because you won't. Now here's the big truth. Serving the needs of others requires prayer to make an eternal difference. You got to serve with what God gives you. How many of you love people? Say amen. You got to understand something. I love people, but you know who loves people more than I do? The Lord. 
And that's why we have to go to God in prayer. Because the gifts to serve come from God. And the Bible says that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. I love people, but I found that I love people conditionally. The most of the time, right? And so you say, I don't love people. Spend time with Jesus and you'll love people. And God will give you the love and he will give you the gift to serve and meet their needs. We had uh, somebody, I'm just going to wrap it up with this. Um, I had a guy who came into our store and um, through talking to him, and I'm not going to say his name because he comes here sometimes, he's not here now. And um, he came into my store, and you can shut your Bibles and all that, we're done, but he came into my store, and over the course of circumstances, he started to tell me how he's in his 20s, and his wife, he's got multiple kids under 10, and his wife had left him and was living with another guy, and he's watching the kids. And so I started to just, his, his parent, his dad doesn't, he doesn't know his dad. He came into the store this week. His uncle had just hung himself, okay, uh, this week. And I don't want to keep it, let's keep it uh, PG here because we got kids. But he has a lot of different things that are going on in his life. And, and he would come talk to me and I would talk to him. And uh, his, his wife was a preacher's kid. And he said that basically he got baptized and he felt like he got his arm twisted into making a profession of faith and doing whatever they want to do so they would leave him alone. And he's, he would come in and talk to me, you know, once a week, once every two weeks. And finally he came into the store one day. He texted me. He's like, are you there? I'm like, yeah. Next thing I know, he pulls up. His co-worker is with him. And he comes in, and he's got sunglasses, and he walks straight into my back room. He takes off his sunglasses, and he's, like, weeping. He's like, man, I need this to be fixed with my wife and with my kids. I'm tired. I'm working all day. I can't afford the babysitter. I can't, I mean, all kinds of stuff. And you know what I'm thinking? A friend of mine come to me on his journey I don't have a magic wand what do you got got nothing so I'm like well you know we'll pray and you know talk with him and long story short I eventually I told him I'm like so and so and maybe you guys can pray for him I'm not going to tell you his name but maybe you just pray for him I said, listen, if a guy fell out of a tree and he, a branch landed in his neck and they, the ambulance comes and gets him and he's dying and he's got a branch hanging out of his neck and they've got him on the, on the stretcher and they're rushing him and the, the doctors are talking and he holds out his hand and he says, doctor, please, I got a splinter in my thumb. What's the doctor going to do? He's going to say, man, that's bad, but we really got to deal with what's killing you. And I said, listen, with all those things, I'm not trying to minimize them, but the only thing that I can tell you about is I can tell you about the Lord. And over the course of a couple weeks, 
I would talk to him, and then we would go out to eat, and I figured I'd have a chance, and then all of his kids would be there, and they'd be going nuts. And so we would just, we'd hang out, and I explained to him on the phone on the Saturday night, you know, salvation again, and all these different things, and he didn't show up to church on a Sunday. And then I got the strangest text, Sunday evening. It was from his phone, and it said the date of that day thought that he may have taken his life I call up his brother I call him I can't get a hold of anybody and I like start praying I don't know what to do about 45 minutes later I get a phone call from his number I'm like hello oh yeah man what's up I'm like dude why did you text me the date right I'm like <laughs> I'm like I said, oh sorry dude I saw you you texting me or calling me he's like but I was watching Shrek it didn't answer, and it was like this really intense part of Shrek. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> right? And so he's like, yeah. He's like, well, dude, he's like, I just want to let you know. Like, I got home. The kids are in here, and I thought about what you said. He's like, and so I just started praying, and he's like, I, you know I have a hard time praying. He's like, but it just, like, came to me. He's like, and I prayed for, like, 45 minutes. And I asked God to take away my anger, and I asked God to save me, and, uh, like, all this stuff. And he's like, I think he answered my prayer. He's like, because I feel different, right? You say, what was it? You know the biggest need that you have in your life right now? And the biggest need anybody else has is salvation. They need the Lord. And you got to realize you got nothing. But you can take anybody's need and you can bring it before the king. And watch what God does with your small group, with your family, with your ministry, with your children, and with your life. If you'll just realize you've got nothing, people have needs, we have to serve them. But you go to God and he'll give you exactly what you need. Here's, here's today's faith challenge. Pray daily this week for those you serve and for God to give you what they need. Amen? All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Pray for that guy. He's still struggling.